It is a common saying amongst real estate investors that you make money when you buy, not when you sell. While this catchy phrase has value, it fails to convey how easy it is to lose money through poor property management. Whether you self-manage or hire a professional, it is important to understand how to navigate the common pitfalls and challenges with rental properties without losing your shirt or your mind. That's why you have tuned in to Maximizing Your Property Value, the apartment owner's guide to operating rental properties as a successful business. I'm your host, John Stiles, real estate agent and team leader of the VIP Real Estate Group at Bridge Realty. As a current multifamily investor and former property manager myself, I understand the headaches and difficulties of keeping an investment property from becoming a money pit and time sucker. It takes a solid business plan, it takes tested systems, and it takes key team members to actually find success. So let's take a deep dive and maximize your property value. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Maximizing Your Property Value. My name is John Stiles with Bridge Realty, and I am your host today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you joining me today. And uh, before I get started, I want to just acknowledge the situation that we're all in experiencing today with this COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, many people are affected with their health, either themselves or their loved ones, and many, many more. In fact, all of us are being affected economically in our personal budgets, in our businesses, and just uh, the economics overall in our neighborhoods, in our nation. And so I just, you know, want to express I'm, I'm feeling that hurt with you as well. Uh, you're not alone. Um, just want to send out some encouragement that, you know, we will get through this. This is going to be a short-term thing, uh, even though it's, you know, unpredictable uh, how exactly it's going to play out. There's a lot of unknowns. But I myself am choosing to be positive and choosing to look for the, the silver lining, if you will. Um, and that's something I have to remind myself about daily and even multiple times frequently throughout the day. Because uh, it is easy to become uh, kind of discouraged by the situations that are presented to us here. So hopefully I can uh, just be an encouragement to you today. And the topic I'm going to explore in today's podcast is a little bit different than what I normally do. You know, normally I am interviewing or discussing with a property manager, apartment owner, uh, different ways to improve our systems and processes with our rental property businesses. And uh, I love talking about that topic. However, today I'm going to go in a little bit different direction and uh, kind of explore something that I'm working on for myself um, on a broader level. And hopefully it can be an encouragement to you. Hopefully you can take something from this and apply it to your own life and situation. And some of these thoughts I got from a book that I'm going through right now. I'm listening to it on Audible. And the book is called Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone. Uh, now, if you know that name, you probably hate him or love him. Uh, Grant Cardone is a very strong personality. Uh, he's got some strong ideas about uh, selling and about life. And I definitely don't agree with everything that he says, uh, but I think he's got some really good points that are helpful, not only to people that are in sales, 
but uh, to everybody that will be willing to listen and apply this to themselves. So there's a couple of key concepts from this book, Sell or Be Sold, that kind of really stuck out to me. And I'm not trying to really do a complete book review, but I'm taking these couple of concepts and I'm kind of extrapolating on them and expanding upon them for my own benefit to make sure that I'm really applying what I'm learning and what I'm hearing. And I'm hoping that in sharing this information with you, again, it can be beneficial to you. It can be an encouragement to you as well. And so one of the concepts that Grant Cardone mentioned in his book is the idea that success is not optional. Well, that's an interesting concept. I don't think I've heard that anywhere else. And I put this out as a question on my Facebook page, is success optional for you? Now, the question is pretty broad and generic. So, you know, I got a variety of responses to it. Um, many people were saying that, no, success is not optional. And I think that might be coming from, you know, how you define success. Some people, when they think of that word success, they immediately might jump to, well, success is when, you know, I've made millions of dollars and I've got my mansion and my fancy cars and living that luxurious lifestyle. And sure, that could be a definition of success. But I'd like you to apply this question and this thought process to whatever success is for you, okay? And before, before we get into it too far, I would say that there's maybe two different levels of this success, or at least for me there is. You know, there's the broad overarching level of success, which I would apply to my life in general, you know, kind of my reason for existence, my, my big why for what I do, what I do. And then there's those individual levels of success, maybe success for my different goals in life, maybe my goals for the year, for the quarter, for the day even. Do I have success in today's endeavors? And so, again, this concept and this question about success being optional you know, it can uh, vary depending on who, how you define success. But I think, you know, what you are applying it to, the subject of that success, can obviously vary from person to person. So um, one thing I'm going to mention right now is that I'm a very visual learner. I'm also, I like to use visuals when I'm explaining things. So for those of you who, that, who are watching the video of this, you'll be able to see on my screen some uh, kind of just charts and some notes I've made for myself, and maybe they'll be beneficial for you. If you're just listening to this, you know, you could probably get by without seeing the visuals, but, uh, you know, if this whole topic that I'm talking about today really resonates for you and with you, then go ahead and take a look at the video version as well. So right now I'm going to switch over to my screen here, and here we have the main topic of today's success is not optional. And first of all, what we're going to do is define success. And again, Grant Cardone says that success is my moral and spiritual obligation. Again, very strong wording about this idea of success. And uh, that might, you know, put some people off and just, you know, you might be turned off to that. But I'd like you to just kind of run with it for just a moment. I know for me, when I think about my main reason for existence, 
I personally believe that there is a God and that I was created by God for a purpose. So just bear with me right now, even if you don't follow those same beliefs, uh, just bear with me as, you, as we go over this. You know, there's a story in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, where uh, Jesus is saying, telling a parable and where he talks about a master who has three servants and the master is going away for a time period and uh, he's going to give different amounts of money to his different servants. And in the story, they refer to this money as talents. That's the term they use for the money. And so um, each person is given a different amount. And upon the master's return, he asks for an account of how that money was invested, what was done with it. And the first two servants, they had done different things to invest the money, and they had actually doubled the money. The third servant he knew that his master demanded a lot, and he didn't want to risk losing that money. So he buried his talent. He buried his investment. And uh, he was able to give back the full amount that he started with to his master, but it didn't grow at all compared to uh, his fellow servants. And so the kind of the concept or the idea, the lesson from this story is that God uh, expects us to use what we have been entrusted with and, you know, improve upon it and to invest it. So I myself apply this not only to my money, but my time, my abilities, my gifts, my health, whatever God has given me, I think that it's my responsibility to invest that for his purposes. So again, getting a little bit personal here, I believe that God has a purpose for my life. I believe that in part, my purpose is to promote God's glory. In part, my purpose in life is to provide and care for my family. In part, my purpose in life is to improve the lives of those around me. So why did I just get all spiritual on you? You know, I'm not trying to preach at you or convert you at this time and through this uh, information, but I'm just sharing this kind of exposing uh, my personal beliefs to portray and get across the idea of how my overall purpose in my life and how I would define my success in my existence as how this can be my moral and spiritual obligation. So when Grant Cardone uh, mentioned this, now I don't think that he and I are completely aligned on our belief in God, um, and, but I, I don't know him very well. And I don't, uh, you know, go to him for my spiritual training. But when he talked about this, it kind of resonated with me as I look at my purpose for existing in life. So another thing that Grant Cardone talked about when he talked about success is he said it shouldn't be optional, just like oxygen is not optional. Now, of course, oxygen is a little bit differently. Our bodies crave oxygen so much that it just naturally takes in oxygen for us. We don't really have to, you know, think about it. Whereas success in life, whether that's your main purpose for being or your individual 
uh, goals, whether that's uh, related to your health, related to your financial well-being, whatever, whatever goals you might set for yourself, those typically take a lot of focus and determination. So I do think the analogy to craving oxygen uh, is a little bit different. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not a perfect analogy. However, it, it does uh, have some value there. You know, if I don't take in oxygen, I will die. If I do not reach success, then that means I have not taken my responsibility and my obligations and my goals seriously enough. I have not fulfilled my purpose for existing. So starting from this point in this discussion about success has a lot to do with another concept that Grant Cardone talked about, which is selling yourself. Now, in the context of his book, Seller Be Sold, he's talking about sell yourself on the product or service that you're selling. You know, for example, if somebody's selling car insurance, have they purchased that car insurance themselves uh, in order to test out the product and make sure that they really believe it's a great product that they should be selling other consumers? If they haven't sold themselves on the product, how can they be successful at selling it? So for me, I'm applying this to my uh, reason for existing and my individual goals that I'll be setting for myself, that I do set for myself. And I think it's really important to sell yourself that these goals and reasons are really important. This is, again, called our big why. A lot of people talk about that when they... When you go to um, self-help seminars or different investing seminars, you know, what is your big why for existence? So this idea of selling yourself, I think it applies here because you have to believe that the goals that you set, whether that's for the day, for the week, for the quarter, for the year, you have to believe that they're really worth it. Make sure that you count the cost that is necessary to achieve that goal when you set the goal and that you're convinced that it's worth that cost. Make sure that you have the commitment to go through those difficulties in order to achieve the goal. Otherwise, you know, it's not really worth setting those goals and measuring your success on that subject. And I think that's why a lot of people don't find success in their goals or their life, because they're not really committed and they haven't counted the cost. So that's kind of an overarching concept of why I think, why Grant Cardone thinks that success should not be optional. So if you've agreed with me so far, then I've laid out a couple of different steps. Actually, I've put together seven steps to achieving success. And now this is not intended to be completely exhaustive. You know, you could come up with your own ones that are slightly different, but just for my own purposes, I, you know, I'm, I try to be very logical and think things through. And so these are the seven steps that I kind of came to as I was dwelling on this whole topic of success. So number one is defining the desired result. So this is going to be easier to do when we're talking about, for example, business goals. And that's a lot of the type of goals that I set. You know, I set uh, goals for myself, for example, for the number of transactions that I will close as a real estate agent. These really specific definitions of the result are a bit more difficult if we're talking about, for example, a relationship or maybe about these grand 
life purpose goals. They're a little bit more hard to define in numerically, but still to the best of your ability, define the desired result and be smart about it. Now, this pulls on something else that was outside of the book, uh, having smart goals, being specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. So I've already mentioned a lot about this idea about being specific. I mean, if you're not specific, then how will you know if you have achieved your goal? So again, it's easy for me to uh, reference my number of transactions that I would close in a quarter, for example. Without being specific, you, you can't be measurable. You can't measure what it is. And it's really important, like I said, for it to be achievable. Um, I've set lots of goals in the past, which were kind of lofty goals and they were aspirational goals and they would have been nice to achieve, but I didn't take into consideration what it would take to achieve those goals. And so I missed those goals by a long shot. And it was because I didn't really understand what would be necessary to get there. So again, that's related to being realistic. And time bound is really important because if you just say, I want to, for example, sell 10 properties, well, you could definitely reach that goal if you've got no time constraints on it. So in order for the goal to be smart and for you to know that you've reached success in that goal, it has to be time constrained or time bound. And I just reminded about the idea, if you aim for nothing, you'll be sure to hit it. Some people, you know, they just like, don't like to have goals. So what's the point? I'm just going to live life day to day. I'm not going to have goals. It's just whatever happens, happens. I just can't get on board with that mindset. I personally need to have goals and motivations and, and something that I'm shooting for and aiming for. So this is all kind of step one to achieving success, defining the desired result. Step two in this process here is making sure you're convinced that your goal is worth it. This goes back to the idea of being sold on your goal. So again, what things are you willing to say no to in order to achieve your goal? Do you need to go to bed earlier so you can start your day off right? Are you willing to cut out social media? Are you willing to cut out your TV time? Are you willing to cut out your junk food? You know, what things could be getting in the way of you achieving your goals? And are you willing to make those sacrifices in order to achieve them? That's a really important step if you really want to achieve success. Okay, so number three on my steps to achieving success is detailing the individual steps leading to the desired result. Now, in the world of sales, we have something called the key performance indicators. And those are different numbers that we can track that will show us how we're progressing towards our goals. And there's things within these KPIs, key performance indicators, that are some are called leading indicators and some are called lagging indicators. Typically, your leading indicators are ones that you have control over. Those are ones that you can do something about. And your lagging indicators are kind of results. Those are numbers you can track often, but they're not ones that you have direct control over. So for example, in my business of representing people in buying and selling real estate, I can control the number of people that I contact in a day to build relationships and uh, try to solve problems so that I can be seen as somebody who can help people to buy and sell real estate. And I also am going to be tracking 
um, number of closed transactions. I have goals for the number of closed transactions, but that would be considered a lagging indicator. I don't have a direct control over closing a deal because I can't force somebody to buy and sell a property and I can't force them to hire me in that process. But it's important to define these different data points along the way that are going to lead you towards that ultimate goal. Define the different steps that are within your control so that you can focus on those. Again, as I talked about earlier, it's important that these are smart. They're specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Typically, your success is made of several small achievements. So again, in the example of closing a real estate transaction, if I close one transaction, that can be success. But there were several small steps along the way, whether that was making contact with a prospect and then going to a meeting with that person and then signing a contract with that person. These are the steps that build on each other in order to get to that ultimate result. And sometimes there's steps that are, they don't necessarily build on each other, but they're simply repetitive. Things that you need to do over and over so that you can get to that next spot. So for example, if you are trying to lose weight or you're trying to build muscles, you know, maybe it's not doing one thing and then the other, but it's doing one thing over and over again. For example, eating well and exercising. Step four in this process to reaching success is tracking your progress. We already in these previous steps defined the individual steps in order to achieve success. We were very specific with them. We defined them and now we're going to track them. Because if you don't know what you have done, you won't know what led to your success or to your failure. Because, you know, let's be honest, we do set goals and we often don't reach them. But if we don't, if we haven't tracked what we did leading up to that end result, we won't know if we need to make adjustments for the next attempt. Step five in this process is being prepared to make micro adjustments for distractions, disruptions, and unforeseen situations. For me, the analogy that came to mind was a football player who is running down the field and he's got his goal of reaching the end zone. And um, of course, in between him and the end zone are multiple other people who are doing all they can to get in his way and take him down. These are the distractions in our lives. It's social media. It's food that looks good or tastes good but might not be good for us. It's watching a show on TV or Netflix when we should be spending our time doing something else. It's being distracted with something like that when we should be spending time with our kids. So there's lots of things that get in our way, but how are we going to make adjustments and you know spin one way or start running a different direction still towards the goal, away from those distractions. One thing that can be really helpful with this is to define the excuses that could come up along the way and then figure out how you're going to respond to them specifically. So if you can write out the potential excuses or in sales we call these objections and how are we going to handle those objections. And then sometimes a disruption might come from out of the blue, something that we did not expect. For example, 
maybe a global pandemic that shuts down the economy for weeks on end and nobody knows when it's going to end. That would be a huge disruption in many of our goals. So now is a good time to take pause, reevaluate our commitment to that end result, to that success. Are we really committed to it? And what sacrifices are we willing to make to, to achieve that? What adjustments do we need to make? You know, sometimes these individual goals do need to be given up in order to achieve the greater goal. So I have the goal of providing for my family because I believe that's part of my ultimate, ultimate purpose for being. And related to that is being successful in my business and selling real estate, but also in providing for my family, that's emotional provision, that's um, spiritual guidance. And those things will take precedence over some of the financial provisions potentially. So I'm just kind of speaking off the cuff there and you can see that there's things that need to be changed as things develop, but then just reevaluating what those main priorities are. And then if you're gonna maintain your individual goals, how are you gonna adjust to these disruptions that come up? Because even if it's not a global pandemic that seems to be completely changing the world, you know, there are other disruptions that just happen in normal everyday life that can become excuses that get us away from our goals. Now, step six in my list of ways to achieve success is becoming accountable. There's a couple different ways you can do this. And number one, I would say that it's important to write out your goals every day. I don't know about you, but I have a short memory and I am easily distracted as we discussed in point number five there. If I'm not writing out my goals frequently, I can tend to forget what they are and I forget my motivation for having that goal. So, you know, if we've reached this point, it's then previously we were convinced, we were sold on the idea that these goals were really important to have. But because of the disruptions and distractions that come up, we can lose our motivation and lose our focus. So one key way to maintain that is to write out our goals. This helps our subconscious and our conscious to believe that uh, the goals are worthwhile and that they are possible. And I'm also reminded about what I've heard about focus. We all know that we need to have focus, but it's important to understand actually you need to frequently pivot or change your focus between your end goal and the immediate tasks that are necessary in order to achieve that success and that end goal. If you are only focused on the end goal, then you won't take the time to do the individual tasks, those leading indicators, those not so fun things in order to achieve your end goal. If you are only focused on the immediate task at hand, it's easy to lose sight of the end goal and why you're doing what you're doing. Now there's a couple of other ways to have accountability. Of course, you could have an accountability partner or a group. Those are really important because we as individual human beings, we thrive off of having input from other people and having other people challenge us and hold us accountable. So that's really key, I think. Making sure your family is on board because sometimes there will be you know, conflicts about what's priority for the family. And um, if you've not taken your family into consideration when you're setting your ultimate goal and your individual goals, 
then you're going to have some conflict. And uh, so you need to make sure that everybody's on board, your spouse and your kids, with what's needed to take place in order to achieve those goals. And that was one uh, little topic that Grant Cardone also expounded upon in his book. And another thing is to make your goals public. Now, this can be a really big challenge for some people. I mean, if you make your goals public, you know, you run the risk of people judging you. Either your goals are set too high and, you know, why are you trying to do that? You know, just relax. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. Or maybe your goals are set so low, you know, other people might think that and they might judge you for that. But I think it's important to think and remember that, you know, most people are not judging you. Most people don't even care <laughs> about what is going on there. They're all, you know, just focused in on themselves typically. And so if you're really concerned about uh, judgment from other people, I, I would encourage you not to be. Uh, people that are judging you, you know, they're not worth paying attention to anyways. But the benefit of making your goals public is that it allows people to hold you accountable. Like I, this whole topic is about, you know, people can ask you, are you reaching your goals? You have kind of a social pressure. It it's, can be a healthy social pressure to achieve your goals once you've set them out into the open, into the public where people can know about them. So I'll just be vulnerable with you right now. My goal for quarter number two of 2020 is to have uh, four transactions in my real estate business. And that is would be a sales volume of $1,250,000. And I have this broken down. I'm kind of glancing off to the side because I have my goals written down and they are up on my wall right over here. And, uh, you know, if you're not in real estate, those numbers might not mean anything to you and that's fine. Um, again, I run the risk that some people are going to look at those and say, wow, that's not much. That's all you're doing. And other people will say, wow, that's, that's a lot. And I think going into this, uh, quarter two with the pandemic going on, I think it's a lot. Uh, for me, in my situation. But I'm putting it out there. I've written it down. I'm looking at it on a daily basis. And I'm putting it out there in the world to know that this is my goal. I have sold myself that this is achievable. This is what I want to accomplish. And this is what I'm set out to do. And I'm committed to it. So that's the being accountable. Now, step seven in my steps to achieving success comes from another book that I've read recently, and I did a book review on this with Todd Dexheimer. The book is called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Hopefully I've pronounced the names correctly. I also listened to that book on Audible. And basically, just to sum up that concept, you know, life happens. There will be, again, going back to this disruptions, distractions, things will happen. There's are things that are out of your control but you have a choice. Just like this pandemic, nobody expected it to happen. It has happened. And right now we have a choice. We can either let life happen to us or we can make a way. We can happen to life. We can choose our actions on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that really sums up why I felt like sharing this information was important. You know, I'm, I've drawn on a couple different sources, uh, things that I'm putting into my own brain, uh, whether, you know, different things that I'm reading. The topic of success, the topic of 
making smart goals. The topic of being taking extreme ownership. And going back to what I mentioned earlier about having a range of emotions when it comes to uh, observing what's going on in our world and in our economy. I can let this whole thing happen and potentially ruin my business, ruin my life, ruin my relationships. I mean, we hear about increased divorce filings from people spending more time together, which for me, that's just mind-boggling because I happen to love my wife and enjoy being with her. But again, I can either let the circumstances that are going on in my life to affect me, or I can make choices on a daily basis to affect my life and affect those around me. Going back again to my ultimate purpose in my life to improve the lives of those around me, to bring glory to God, to provide for my family. And that, because I'm sold on this overarching goal of my life, that can motivate me to focus on the day-to-day tasks so that I can achieve those individual goals for my business, for my life, for my relationships. So if you have stayed with me till the end of this monologue, hey, I appreciate you. Um, I'm just kind of being real with you. I'm being open with you and sharing my thoughts on this topic. Again, I hope that it is beneficial to you. I hope that you were able to take something from it and apply it to your own life, to your own business. And if that is the case, let me know. Uh, Comment below or send me a message. I'm pretty easily found on social media. And uh, I appreciate you all tuning in. Make it a great day. Make the best out of today that you can. And all the best to you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Maximizing Your Property Value, the apartment owner's guide to operating rental properties as a successful business. If you're considering scaling up, downsizing, or right-sizing your real estate investment portfolio, it's important to know how to determine your property's value in today's market. That's why I've put together a free ebook for you called How to Calculate Your Investment Property's Value. To get your copy, go to www.realestatestyles.com forward slash value. Now, if you found any value in today's show, be sure to subscribe to our email newsletter, YouTube channel, and podcast through your favorite podcast player. All the links are in the show notes. And would you do me a big favor? Help me get the word out about this show by sharing with your friends on Facebook and LinkedIn. And lastly, we appreciate your five-star rating on iTunes. I really appreciate you and wish you the best in your real estate investing career. Signing off, I'm John Stiles with Bridge Realty. Make it a great day.